Now, for those of you who follow my personal social media pages, you know that I mentioned a while back that I had a big announcement that I was going to be making. Well, yesterday I officially went public with it, and I am happy to announce here on the Boochcast that Booch Fest is returning. And it is coming to the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The show will be taking place on November 3rd at 8 p.m. And that will be the first of many shows that will be taking place on a bi-weekly basis, which means starting November 3rd, every other Thursday, there will be a comedy showcase at the Anchor Bar. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are... The Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young Devin Cruz, from AEW Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0 Dave Wills, it's still real to me dammit, the All-American Blue Chipper Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night SmackDown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage, and many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School weightlifting department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking Games. I've tried, 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 and I've tried even more. I've cried, 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 and I can't recall what for. I press, I push, I build, I beg, hope in some success. The inevitable fact is that it never will. 
try I've tried to go fuck shopping But there's no fucks left to buy I've got no fucks to give The more fucks I've tried to get I'm over my fuck budget And I'm now in fucking debt What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Booch Cast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to The Booch Cast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Do this. Yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Being speaking, I'm not that broke yet. And Vinny, oh, here we go. Yep, here we go into this week's AW Dynamite from Norfolk, Virginia. Of course, it was in Virginia, which means Mission Beach, you ready? I had front seats, Gator. Get the fuck away. All right. No, no. I was in the fifth row, Gator. Go away. Uh, okay, so anyway, we kick off this <laughs> crazy-ass show with our first official match of the evening. We have Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia versus Claudio Castanoli and Wheeler Useless. Loved it. Absolutely one of these four gentlemen put on a hell of an opening show. At first, the Swiss Superman, the Swiss Superman, I can't say his name, um, started off taking out everybody. But then again, of course, 
the JSS, uh, the JSS started getting licks in. It was constantly moving. A lot of people stayed off the top rope. It wasn't a spot monkey bullshit match. For a second there, I thought Chris Jericho and Jake Garcia was going to win. Boy, was I wrong. All of a sudden, because of the takes of the JS with uppercuts and hit Jericho, one, two, three. Yeah, uh, it, it was a hellacious match. Although, at one point, we even saw, like, at one point, we even saw, like, Claudio doing some crazy-ass big swing. But I think he had, like, Garcia on his shoulders. I thought that was kind of awkward. But uh, aside from that, it was a solid match. Not a lot of fuckery. Not a lot of bullshit. Uh, both guys knew what the hell they were doing. All four of them knew what the hell they were doing. And in the end, the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club got the win, which was exactly what needed to happen. Because, obviously, right now, Chris Jericho's going on a ring a rain of terror as far as Ring of Honor goes. And mm-hmm. he's not losing to any former Ring of Honor world champions anytime soon. So it would make sense for him to lose in a tag team match. You know, that way Jericho's not too strong, you know. And plus it allows Claudio to get some measure of revenge for the fact that he lost the Ring of Honor championship to Chris Jericho in the first place. So it, this is a match that worked out great for everyone. It worked good for Chris Jericho. It worked out for uh, the Swiss Cyborg. It edited it perfectly, really, because it was really good. All right. Okay. Moving on. Yes. And then uh, we cut to the backstage area with uh, Renee Paquette, who interviews Brian Danielson. She asks him about his match tonight. He says he's frustrated that he lost to Chris Jericho. He says he's frustrated that Daniel Garcia betrayed him, and Wheeler Useless talked back to him. Uh, Yuta walks up, and Danielson says he's going to unleash all of his frustration tonight. Yuta brags about his win and says he's not Danielson's son. He's a man. They argue, and Castanoli pulls him apart. He tells him to discuss the matter like adults later. Okay, first off, I understand where uh, Daniel's coming from. He's pissed off. He's frustrated. He's, he keeps on losing two big matches in a row. And all of a sudden, on top of Danny Garcia's betrayal, everything, he was just ranting. What the man ranting, and all of a sudden, the wheel of uses had to come up and start talking shit. And they're supposed to be on a team, and it doesn't look good for the uh, black, whatever they're part of. Uh, black River Combat Club. But, but they need to get on the same page, or really useless. He's going to say place us, but I think rather people want Daniel Bryan in than him. But uh, with uh, the Swiss size board, try to break everything. You try to be the peacekeeper. And Liam Bringle said, no, knock it off. Get your shit together. And otherwise, it was okay. Yeah, I mean, in the segment did what it needed to do. I got a feeling there's going to be some dissension. I got a feeling there's going to be some dissension in this group uh, very soon. I can see a civil war happening within the Blackpool Combat Club. That's what I think. I think there's going to be a situation where they're going to uh, probably have De- De- Brian Danielson and Wheeler Yuta probably going one-on-one, and maybe eventually there's uh, sides being picked or whatever the fuck. But either way, it's going to be uh, I see a civil war in the Blackpool Combat Club because I don't see them discussing this matter like adults and that coming to an end because if it does, that's shitty storytelling. Yeah. I feel like Danielson and Yuta are probably going to end up having a match against each other at full gear. That wouldn't make sense right now. Yes. Whoever, gets, whoever loses has to leave. That's probably what's going to happen. As long as they put on a good match, Daniel Bryan needs to go over and Willie Eustace needs to go bye-bye. One can only right, up. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and then after that, there's this awkward vignette, and I hate that we have to bring this up. No. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You can't make me. I'm not doing it. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> And I have no idea what the fuck this means, but they're literally showing clips of Kenny Beta and the dumb fucks, but every time we see a picture, it dissolves. 
Or they show clips of them at the first ever press conference. It dissolves. Them winning the trio's titles, that dissolves. Like, and then the AEW logo dissolves. So, obviously, this is some indication. Obviously, this is some indication that Kenny and the Bucks are making a return. It looks like they're coming back. Because it wouldn't make sense for them to do this if they weren't coming back. But here's the question. Are they they coming back to AEW or are they going to end up going to Ring of Honor and being on the Ring of Honor side of things and probably end up like Cabana and only seen at Ring of Honor shows once Ring of Honor starts doing something other than making AEW appearances? Like, I have no idea what this means. I don't know either. I saw this, but I thought about you. I was uh, I was pissed. Like, motherfuckers. I swear to God. I was not happy. Twinkle Tony. Twinkle Tony and Harpo Finger Fox. Great. My night just went to even, even shitty after that shitty night getting out. And all of a sudden, I had to come see this fucking garbage. This was the shitty. This was the shitty. This was the shitty. You cocksucker motherfucker pieces of shit. Fuck all three of you. Rotten hunt and made you burn in every last third verse of hell. Yeah. Just anything else. Moving on. Yeah. And apparently there's some people on social media who are excited for this. There's some people who are not excited for this. Um, I am not the least bit excited for this. And, and it, I think it's pretty obvious that they're coming back and punks out the door. In fact, we'll bring this up now since we're on the subject. There's actually rumors going around. We'll believe it once we get confirmation. But there is talk of uh, they're going to buy out CM Punk's contract, which ba- which is their way of getting rid of him. Basically, they're going to buy out the remainder of his contract. So that way he doesn't – that way they can just pay him and he – doesn't have to come back because but right now the reason that it hasn't finalized yet is because there's right now they're trying to discuss a non-compete clause like they're trying to say you know they're trying to put a clause in the contract that once punk is let go he can't go to wwe for like or anywhere else for like x amount of time and i don't know if it's something that tony wants to put in the contract and punk is saying no or if they can't decide on how long it's going to be but apparently that's what's stopping it from happening is a non-compete but right now they're looking to buy out their remainder of Punk's contract because it's obvious they don't want CM Punk back. No, they don't. And the guy who's made more money for this company than anybody combined is pretty much out the door. And I think it's disgusting. And um, if Kenny and the Bucks do, in fact, come back, um, it's going to make AEW unwatchable. At least for me, um, it's gonna be the and like I said before, and I'll say it again. I have no joy in watching them on TV. And there's some days where I enjoy watching AEW, and there are days where I shut off AEW and go, "Why the fuck did I watch this crap?" But here's the reason I continue to watch. It's for the listeners. You guys listen to this episode right now. You're the reason Zach and I put ourselves through this crap. That's why I tolerate the three biggest cancers to ever exist in professional wrestling. Because for some fucked up reason, y'all love hearing us. Talk about AEW. The numbers show it. And I've said it before, I'll say it again. The day you guys stop listening to the AEW recaps is the day I cut them from the show and never watch this this show again. Which basically means we have to do this even when we don't want to or like to. Yeah, it's about giving the fans what they want. And this is what people want. So sometimes you got to give the people what they want. I mean, we also give them what we want. We do our, we have our own ideas and segments and fun things that we do. But when the numbers speak for themselves, 
They want to hear how we feel about AEW, and I got no problem telling you guys. I think Kenny and the Bucks are an absolute cancer to the wrestling business. They're three of the worst wrestlers and the worst human beings I've seen in the business, at least on TV. I've never met them in person, but based on what I've seen, I wouldn't want to meet them in person because they treat the wrestling business like a joke. It's all a joke to them. And that's why AEW, for the most part, is a toxic environment. They're part of the reason it's such a toxic environment because they don't care about ratings. They don't care about business. They just want to do their goofy shit and only bring in people that endorse their goofy shit and endorse the bullshit narrative that they put out, which is that they're the best in the world when they're not even in the fucking conversation. I said it before, I'll say it again. If you're talking about the best tag teams or the best wrestlers of all time, anybody who brings their names up is asked politely yet firmly to leave the conversation. Because I can't believe a word you say after that. I can't take you seriously as a wrestling analyst, a journalist, or even a fan if there's any part of you that thinks they belong in any conversation amongst the greats. In fact, you would owe the legends an apology for saying that. If I was a legend in the business and someone tried to put Kenny in a league with me, I would demand that person apologize to me right now. And if they didn't, I would end the interview and never talk to that journalist again. Because that is offensive to the business. Because they are offensive to the business. I'm not looking forward to their return. And depending on what happens, we'll determine how much more, how much longer I tolerate this bullshit. Same. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of guys in AEW who aren't happy. And when their contracts expire, they're out the door. Because they see that Triple H has his shit together. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area, and we got the Jericho Appreciation Society. They're frustrated about their loss. Jericho says Castanelli accepted the victory when there was a baseball bat in the ring, and he issues an open challenge to any former Ring of Honor world champion for next week. Oh, boo-hoo. That's what it is. Bitching the moon because they lost. That's basically it, and he gets an open challenge to anybody. I was like, okay, most likely it's going to be Castanola. Castanoli. You know, I'm like a food for a second there, but otherwise than that, I was like, okay, you guys are just pitching your money as you guys talk. Get over it. Moving on. I mean, I mean that, that is the case. It looks like it could be the case that they decide to go with that, like make, you know, Claudio Castanoli be the guy that goes against Jericho next week. But to me, that's a waste because why would we want to put a guy who's already faced Jericho in a match when you can bring somebody else in? Like, don't even make it an open challenge. Just say Jericho Castanoli for next week. If Claudio was to accept the challenge, it would be anticlimactic. I think it should be somebody that's that Jericho hasn't faced yet. And let's and let's do that. Like I don't know, maybe like I said, we can do uh it'd be a great opportunity for Low Key to make an appearance. Mm. It'd be a good opportunity for Jamie Noble to come in. You know, maybe bring in maybe bring in Homicide. Nigel McGinnis could still wrestle. I'd throw him in there. Or <clears throat> maybe it's Jerry Lynn after he tombstoned him a few weeks back. Maybe Jerry decides, fuck it, I'm gonna get back in the ring, teach him a lesson. Bring in Austin Aries. I think that'd be a good pick. Maybe Eddie Edwards or Davey Richards or Adam Cole maybe Adam Cole Bebe can make it a return. Like something. It's got to be a. It's got to be a surprise if it's going to be an open challenge. It can't be somebody already on the roster. That's again, that's anticlimactic, and it'll just waste everybody's time. Most most likely, what they're probably going to end up doing, anyways. Wouldn't surprise me. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a number one contenders match. That means the winners will get a shot at the tag team titles. FTR versus Swerve in Our Glory. Fantastic start and great start to the match. Both four of these gentlemen beat the living shit out of each other. And they even got the best of Keith Lee. And Keith Lee was bigger than both those guys. Back and forth, back and forth. But all of a sudden, 
and the ass boys had to get involved and cost the fucking match, which I'm not very happy with. I'm sick and tired of seeing these interferences. It was great. Everything was fun and dandy. If Tatar should have won, not swerve in our glory. Uh, another person I thought of was you again. You're probably not happy about this because the interference. Vinny, go ahead. Bullshit. Well, it's not even the interference that I'm mad about. It's the fact that once again, FTR is getting the shaft. This is another example of why I hate the elite or why Tony is one of the shittiest bookers out there because you have, once again, it's the best tag team in the company. FTR is the best tag team. Yes. I don't care how over the acclaimed is. They're not as good as FTR. The acclaimed is maybe number two. I'd make them the second best tag team in AEW. They might be the best homegrown tag team, but the best Mm -hmm. tag team overall is FTR. Nobody does it like them. They are the epitome of tag team wrestling. They are the pinnacle of tag team wrestling. Pun intended. And yet, once again, they're getting fucked over by management. They have all the belts and almost every other promotion, except WWE and TNA, and they will not give them the AEW tag team titles. They were number one. They had the number one spot in the rankings for God knows how long, and they pretty much made this match so they could finally take FTR out of number one contender status. That's why Elvis was shocked. He's like, you guys don't talk about the ranking system? No, because there's no fucking point. The ranking system is basically obsolete. It hasn't been special in fucking forever. It hasn't been. And this is a fucking joke. So now, once again, it's going to be swerving our glory against the acclaimed. And the acclaimed's probably going to win again. And they're probably going to have it at full gear. It's going to be FTR against the ass boys. And FTR will probably lose that too, unless there's titles on the line. Because, like I said before, there's no respect for this tag team. Again, this is another scenario where this is another group that I'm... Trust me, when a lot of these contracts expire, AEW is going to have a depleted roster. Because there are so many people who want out. So many. And I guarantee you, FTR is going to want to go back to WWE. Because they know they'll get treated better. Like, Vince McMahon retiring is the worst thing that could have happened to All Elite Wrestling. The worst thing. Because now, Triple H is in charge. Triple H has his shit together. People are seeing it. So, AEW's fucked. Okay. And then, of course, Britt Baker confronts Soraya during an interview, and they get into an argument, and that was a waste of fucking time. Blah, 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 moving on. Like, what the fuck are they even doing? We don't who even knows, know. If, who cares? We don't even know if this bitch can wrestle any yet. Seriously. She is taking up fucking space. Can we get her in the fucking ring already? Do we gotta wait for full gear? Shit is retarded. Anyway, on that note, we cut to Renee Packett, who introduces MJF. He asked the crowd if there are any devil worshippers in the house. When asked about his upcoming match with John Moxley, MJF mocks the champion and calls him mid. He recalls how William Regal made it seem like he couldn't beat Moxley without using his diamond ring. MJF promises that he won't use the ring at full gear. MJF says all he's ever needed to be successful is a grudge, and he's full of them. MJF says at full gear, he'll be fighting every sorry scumbag who told him he's not good enough, and he's going to shove the chip on his shoulder down their throats. He calls himself a generational talent. Stokely Hathaway interrupts and teases that the firm will attack Moxley. MJF says if the firm even looks at Moxley, he's fired. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant promo by MJF. Like always, he says like, he says like, like I don't, I, I'm a man full of grudges. He doesn't care who has the belt at that time. Like I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. I have a huge chip on my shoulder when I'm speaking. Another brilliant promo by Maxwell. And also Stokely had a come around and interrupt everything. And Maxwell's like, don't touch him. You would knock the mic out. Don't touch him. I need him 100%. But good promo. Oh, yeah. I especially love when he was walking around doing the whole, I'm going to break your bones. I'm going to drink your blood. His... 
he he did he had the walk down perfectly. Yeah, he had the walk down perfectly of Moxley. That was so great. Like that actually, walk, that actually walk. he could work on a little bit, but it's actually pretty good. It made me chuckle. And then Renee's like, you know, you can't just say with all due respect and then say insulting stuff like that. And he goes, Renee, with all due respect, shut your mouth. I'm like, yes, that was so fucking beautiful. And then he says, I'm not going to be squeaky clean. I'm going to be relatively clean. Let's be honest. I'm still MJF. So, and then God I bless this man. Oh yes. It's great. And I like, <laughs> I like the fact that he said, I'm going to be relatively clean, but not too clean. I think that's kind of what he was trying to say is <laughs> I think he was trying to address the fact that people were saying, Oh my God, MJF's going to turn baby face. He's going to be a baby face. Like, look, 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 look. I'm still going to be MJF, but you know, I'm going to be moderate. So it's kind of like, because everybody's afraid of him turning babyface. And I'm like, why? What is the fear that you all have? That he's not going to be an asshole? If you're, here's, here's my opinion on the whole babyface heel bullshit. If you only have talent in one area, then you don't deserve to be number one. Okay? I believe the best wrestlers can be heel and babyface. Yeah, you got to change some things around, but I think if you could pull off both, you're better than a guy who just does one. It's like, I can only be a heel. Well, then you're only half as good. I can only be a babyface. Well, you're only half as good. If MJF is as gifted and talented as everyone says he is, he will do fine as a babyface. And at some point, he's going to have to be because it makes no sense for him to continue to be a heel while people are cheering. It makes no logical sense. Unless you live in a smart mark world, which unfortunately AEW is. Then, Very much it is. Then we cut to a promo with the Kingdom, Matt Tavin, Mike Bennett, and Maria Canellis. They discuss their debut. Matt Tavin says he's going to step up to the plate. He challenges Wardlow to a match for the TNT Championship. Wardlow says it doesn't matter what Tavern has done before. This Friday, Tavin will be the next casualty of the Powerbomb Symphony. So it's most likely what's going to happen. I didn't understand this. I went to go take a, a leak, and I came back, and Warlord was on my screen. I was like, okay, did I miss something? I don't care. Hopefully, I didn't. Apparently, I did. My deepest apologies. I get too clear to fuck about the kingdom. I don't like any of these people. I do like Samoa Joe and Warlord. So, hopefully, Friday, we see a Powerball Symphony on the highlights of YouTube. Well, I don't know why you mean we. I mean, that's for the people who watch Rampage. Uh, I ain't got time for that. Me neither. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We we got Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara with Ty Cunty. Fantastic. It was good. Really good. Sammy G, I know you hate him. I hate him too, but he put up a hell of a fight. But Daniel Bryan finally did the one thing he needed to do. Let his whole frustration on, on that piece of shit. It was great. Back and forth. There's a lot of flips, but a lot of false finishes. But I thought it was really, really good. And back and forth, these two gentlemen beat the shit out of each other. There's there a lot of knees. A lot of elbows, a lot of smacks. Both their chests were turning red, and then good poor uh, Sammy G piece of shit spot monkey fuck nut. Uh, basically passed out. Benny, your thoughts? Yeah, I had no interest in this match. What? Anything involving Sammy Guevara, I can't get behind. Um, Brian Danielson, I give him credit for uh, trying right. to carry this match, but it's just Sammy doing Sammy shit. And Brian Danielson's one of those people that's like, if you do reckless shit, he'll follow alongside you and do reckless shit because he's in full fuck it mode, which is why he loves being in AEW because he can do what Sammy does, have complete disregard for his health and get himself fucking killed. So, I mean, obviously there were moments where it was where it was good and obviously they had some, uh, you know, moments where they were telling a story and you could feel the fight, but most of the time it was acrobatics. So this match was not for me. 
It's like I can, Sammy's so terrible I can't even look at him. When he's in the ring, I instantly can't enjoy it. I'm saying that that more worse people than him. I didn't say there weren't. I'm just saying when he's I'm not saying that he's the worst person. I'm just saying he's one of those people that once he's in the ring, I can't enjoy what I'm seeing because I know what I'm going to get. Fair enough. Okay. Moving on. I know that Danielson is one of those people that is going to play is going to play with Sammy because some people there are some guys who play with these fuckers and there's some guys that are like, yeah, we're not doing this dumb shit. Brian Daniels is one of those people that likes to play. And after that, we cut to an interview with uh, Alex Abrahantes, who says Ray Phoenix should target the All-Atlantic Championship. Christian Cage alongside Luchasaurus interrupts and says the big man deserves a shot at the gold. Orange Cassidy crashes the party and says, let's do this. I didn't care for this. I, didn't, I want to get it done with. Pockets came across and made the whole thing fucking worse. It was even worse where Luchasaurus kept on grunting and growling. Like he's, I was like, okay, you just stand there. You don't have to sound like a pissed off dog. Christian kids still crippled and boring. Boo, don't care. Do you? Hopefully not. Let's move on. Overall, the segment was fucking annoying. Um, I liked Ray Phoenix. I liked Luchasaurus. It's just Orange Cassidy. Just there's nothing about this guy to like. He is just annoying in every aspect. Like, he can't even carry a belt. He has to carry it around a fucking backpack like he's in fucking high school. Everything about this gimmick is stupid. And he's just like, you talking about me? Talking about this? Let's do this and walk away like this. I don't like this gimmick at all. We know you don't. And so obviously they're going to book this into a triple threat match. And somehow Orange Cassidy is going to win this shit. Probably by beating Ray Phoenix. Because if they let him pin Luchasaurus, I'll shut the whole fucking show off and not even watch the rest of it. Because at that point, Tony has officially lost his fucking mind. This fucking mascot just continues to embarrass the business every week. And speaking of embarrassment, we're moving on to the next match of the evening. We got Jamie Hayter with Britt Baker and Rebel versus Rio. Boo. We had to see Jamie Hader go against a middle schooler. Anyways, I mean, Rio tried to put a good fight, but Jamie Hader kept on freaking picking her spot monkey bullshit out. And for a second there, I thought Rio was going to win. But she didn't. I mean, spoiler alert, who gives a shit? I kept on going at it. They put the crap out. Each shit each other a couple times. And all of a sudden, Hader hits that. Just, uh, Rio was a laureate for the one. One, two, three. Boring. Don't give a shit. I was like, come on. Skip, 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 skip. Fuckers. Yeah, this was another fucking embarrassment to the goddamn business. It, it truly was. Because here's the thing. I actually like Jamie Hayter. She's actually a good worker. But unfortunately, they put her in there with Rio, who is the worst wrestler on this whole roster as far as women go. This is one of Kenny's geisha girls that doesn't belong in a wrestling ring at all. At one point in the match, she pounds the mat in frustration. Well, that's the one thing Rio and I have in common because I'm also frustrated during this match because this bitch is in it. It's the saddest thing I've ever seen in wrestling. Bitch, you bitch, you ready? This is why women's wrestling sucks. What in the actual good goddamn is this? This is some bullshit. This is why you should not have women on the fucking roster. This is a waste. This is fucking stupid. Why? This is worse than the bitch in the footy pajamas. At least she somewhat looks like an adult. Rio looks like she just busted out of a sweatshop. Gator, get the fuck out. Y'all know I'm right. I'm not leaving. Gator, get out of here. I will leave when I'm goddamn good and ready to fucking leave. Fuck this fucking shit. It embarrasses and shits upon my business. Basket gator. I ain't going to no basket. Basket gator. I'm not going to the basket. Benny, get into the fucking basket. I've tried. Gator, go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, go to the basket. I refuse to go to the basket. Gator, get in the fucking basket now. Fuck you. 
Yeah, so that was a waste of time. So anyway, after this, Tony comes to the stage and poses with her title. Why? Don't know. What was the fucking point of that? Who knows? I mean, seriously, what the fuck was the point of that? Like, is is she going to need Jamie a title shot? Was this a number one contenders match? There's no reason for Tony to stand out there other than, oh, we got to give our champion TV time. Let's just have her stand there and hold her belt like an idiot. Fucking format. And then next, we have an interview backstage with Eddie Kingston. Nice to see him again. He puts on a fake smile and says he's doing great. He wants to talk about John Moxley instead. When asked about the match, he says it will be a hard one for Moxley. But King- Kingston says, with all due respect to my buddy Penta, I say Moxley's going to win. I looked like that was really hard for him to do that fake smile. He did a really good job. He improved the shit out of that and automatically changed the subject to, uh, to Moxley in the world title tonight. And um, that, that was brilliant right there. One of the very only good problems that happened tonight. Well, yeah. Well, the whole thing about Eddie is he hasn't been on TV in a long time. And part of the reason has been the altercations he's had in the back with Sammy G, who pisses off a lot of fucking people in this locker room. From Eddie to Andrade to multiple legends. Like, Sammy is... The fact that he's in Jericho's camp is the reason this dumb fuck still has a job. But he has become a pain in the ass to everyone around him. And he's one, he's one of many people in AEW that needs to fucking be unemployed because they are a cancer to the business. But Eddie Kingston's trying to go out there and be on his best behavior. And, and as much as I like Eddie, there was no reason for him to be here. He's not calling anyone out. He doesn't have any matches coming up. Again, this was filler for no reason. Next, we have a video segment with Darby Allen addressing Sting's absence, saying he told Sting that he's not happy. Allen says he wanted to disappear into a hole. Sting told him he couldn't do that. Allen told Sting he wanted to prove himself by himself and says his biggest weakness is himself and he has no comfort zone. He says the old friend Lethal has been talking about can come to Dynamite next week. In a promo, Lethal says Alan is in for a rude awakening next week. Typical emo bullshit. Woohoo. Wayne Wayne. Don't care there, you humming pincushion motherfucker. Maybe Steve can't sick of your shit or maybe you're realizing that you fucking suck. I didn't like that problem about Darby. He was just whining, bitching, and none. And Lisa said, like, you piss me off, Darby. I win. And then Jay and uh, Sanjay wrote that fucking pencil. I, was, I hate that pencil. I, said, oh, I don't care for him. That pencil bugs him. I think he's definitely not. What do you know? I want Chucky. And then you got the Conley 2 point to stand there and look like a fucking robot. What are you waiting for? To go get some curry? Go on. Oops. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I was under the impression after the little girl bent the pencil that that put an end to the pencil thing. The fact that it's still there is fucking dumb. We don't need... He doesn't need to have a pencil. It doesn't fucking do anything. It just makes him look ridiculous. But as far as Darby Allen's promo goes, I don't know what the real reason is for staying not being on TV. Uh, Maybe he's got important shit to do. Maybe there's no reason to have him on there because Darby ain't doing much. But I would love to hear the exact reason, the real reason why Sting is not on TV. Because even if he's not working with Darby, Darby Allen, you could have him do something else. If anything, the fact that he's latched on to Darby Allen has been the only thing about Sting I haven't liked. And there's no point, and there's nothing to Darby Allen except the emo shit. You know, I'm not happy. I I work for a company that pays me a lot of money to put myself in the fucking hospital, but I'm not happy. Like, oh God. Look, I'm sure Darby Allen's had a lot of struggles in his life, but right now, he's pretty much a bitchy millionaire at this point. It's like, look, dude, you, you're in a company that pays you a lot of money. More money than you've ever made in this business and more money than you deserve to make in this business. If you're not happy, find something to make you happy. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it parks you in front of Happy's house. 
You can at least drive up, see what the fucking thing looks like, okay? Get yourself a fucking therapist. Go get some pussy. Seriously, this is goddamn ridiculous. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Championship. John Moxley defends the title against Pentagon. Fucking amazing, was it not? It was good. It was fucking good. I loved it right here. So, okay, good. Main event where these two actually beat the shit out of each other. Pentagon, uh, I'm calling Pentagon Jr. I'm not, no, his name's Pentagon Jr. to me. Pentagon Jr. got the upper hand first beginning of the match. And all of a sudden, John Moxley snapped back and he got the upper hand for a while. And they started trading back and forth, back and forth. And one time, it, 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 one made me cringe when Pentagon Jr. got had his, had his head swing on top of the steps. I mean, even with that pile driver from Pentagon Jr., John Moxley still kicked out. He even kicked out of his snap and his arm back before. And it was fucking great. And all of a sudden, he, uh, Moxley hits his, two of his finishers. One, two, three. And still the champion, John Moxley. But all of a sudden, even though we're not the total, we're told to do this to firm. Marcy, the guns, Ethan Page, and Lee Moretti attack Moxley after the bell. Jericho tried to run up. They didn't do a fucking thing. The, uh, the firm beats them up. The Black Comic Club have been trapped backstage, so they can't help Moxley. Majora comes to the chase and hesitates. He virtually runs up to the ring and shows Halfway. MJF says Halfway is fired. Page tries to with a big boop. The firm brings up on MJF. Page hits the Eagle's edge. Marcy jumps MJF out of the ring. The continues to beat down. Marcy sends MJF through a fucking table. Okay. I don't know what to think about this. As said of it right now, Maximum became the face. Problem is, they didn't have to really beat the shit out of the poor bastard. Just hit that one finisher and then have to put it through the table. So next week is be very interesting to see. Benny, go ahead. All right. Um, I knew I knew how this match was gonna go, so it was hard for me to really get super duper excited over it. And I, lo- I as much as I liked. Penta and Lucha Underground. Outside of there, he's just not, he's not that interesting. He's like every other spot monkey and outside of Lucha. You know, Lucha Underground did a very good job of creating an illusion for a lot of these wrestlers who get exposed when they're outside of that environment. And I knew Moxley was going to win. They're not going to have Moxley lose the title before full gear. It's just not going to happen. Everybody with a brain knows that. If Moxley's going to lose the title, it's going to be at full gear to MJF. Now, what surprised me was the beatdown on MJF. Because I honestly thought, okay, it looks like he's going to come out there. He's going to help. Then he leaves. It's like, I knew it. I figured he's going to do a whole, like, walk down there and then go, nah, and leave and let him get his ass kicked. Then he decides to go out there, stops everything, tell, and then he pushes everybody away. At that moment, I'm waiting for MJF to turn around, start beating down on Moxley, and then everybody kicks his ass, and then he knocks him out with a diamond ring. And then he says, I said I wouldn't use it at full gear. I never said I wouldn't use it ever. I was waiting for some type of swerve where MJF's gonna be an asshole. And I was shocked when we didn't get it. But here's the thing about me. Because I have a hard time trusting MJF, I honestly think there's a possibility the firm set this whole thing up. And that I think it's gonna lead to either on Dynamite or at some point next week or the week after or whatever, there's gonna be a tag team match with MJF and Moxley against two members of the firm. And in the match, MJF's gonna turn on Moxley during the tag match. For some reason, I have a strong feeling that is going to happen because I have a hard time believing that they're gonna make MJF a babyface, even though they should, because he's insanely over. And it's ridiculous at this point to keep making him a heel, no matter how good of a heel he is. Now, am I saying he has to go around kissing babies and hugging fat girls? No. But he needs to be a little bit more of a face. I don't want to say anti-hero, because I feel like there's too many of those in wrestling. But 
He could still be a snarky asshole. Just be a snarky asshole to the heel wrestlers instead of the fans and other baby faces. There's a way to be a baby face without having to be full-blown nice. You can change it up a little bit. But if this is going to lead to MJF being a babyface, then this is well done. But this is another trick from MJF, which I have a strong feeling that it is. And this whole beatdown was for nothing. So I'm going to have to wait and see how this plays out before I can really say this is a good idea. Okay. Yeah, I didn't understand the beatdown. But maybe MJF has a chick up his sleeve or he actually is going to go full off face. Like kissing babies or hugging fat girls. But we'll see what happens next week because there better be an explanation. If not, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up this recap of AEW. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely, sure. I will be on the phone with you, but I'll be there. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, we just, earlier today, the uh, the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment just dropped with the Wednesday and I recapping WWE Extreme Rules. It's on the Facebook page right now. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets photos and videos go to our youtube channel check out all of our video content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted at the time you're listening to this later today uh the many faces of luna vashon is dropping today on the youtube channel so make sure that out zach and i talking about the uh the life and career and the rise and the fall of luna vashon so that'll be on the Boochcast YouTube channel. So make sure you guys check that out and be on the lookout for the other two episodes of Dark Side of the Rain to follow after that. And the special surprise that we reveal at the end of the steroid trials. There's some big announcements, so be on the lookout for those. And make sure you guys also follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. That's right. At 8 p.m., we'll be live on the Twitch channel for Survivor Series as the main roster debuts for the first time ever. War Games! And we'll be there checking it all out, so make sure you guys join us on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, uh, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special project that we have in the works. Also, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works best within your budget. Uh, the first level is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. Uh, this is for people who uh, don't have a lot of money to spend but want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got to put that $9.99. So to that $9.99, Bring it over.
over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay. Now, the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to give, you know, Zach is ramen noodles and continue our never-ending quest to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again. <laughs>